Hello and welcome to the weekend edition of Red Star Radio. So, what are we talking about today? I hear you cry. I can hear the whisper of a scream from Twitter. They demand that we address our errors, <laughs> if indeed we have made any. Uh, and never let it be said that we do not respond to faceless mobs screeching into the wilderness, howling into the void, staring into the abyss. So, Layla, <laughs> are we wrong? Have we been wrong? Or is it just you that's wrong? You who is suffering the very most from this okay, horror. So what am I talking about? I was wrong about there not being vaccine passports in Ontario, specifically in Ontario. Okay, I was wrong. But no one is more upset about that than me. Okay, I'm like one of the only, you know, 300 unvaccinated Ontarians that are left. So if anyone's upset about this incorrect prediction, it's me. Not the people online probably live in free countries like the UK and the United States that have real freedom. All right. So, yeah, I was wrong about that. We're getting vax passports, it seems, on the 22nd. I still think it's going to be a shambolic like restriction, just like the, all the other ones that I've broken. Um, and I'll break this one, too. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, I was I actually very shocked and dismayed. <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, how, how's, Doug, how's Doug Ford going to handle this, considering he's probably not been vaccinated himself? Yeah, I, I mean, I probably, he probably has a movie, a movie theater in his uh, mansion in Etobicoke, but um, so it's not really going to affect him. But um, yeah, I he's completely flip-flopped on this actually because he said initially there was no way he was doing it because they're easy the the vaccination receipts that we get in ontario are easily forged um and so there was no point and it would just interrupt small business for no reason etc cetera, etc cetera. but it's like the ontario's political class including the petty bourgeoisie including small business owners are so fucking cucked they wouldn't start they wouldn't stop crying and you know asking him for it until he finally did it and so then he reversed his position a few days ago and now we're gonna get them mm. allegedly well we'll see we'll see like we'll see how well these things are he he, he uh, doug ford has already said that he's not going to be using the police to enforce this because the police <laughs> the police released a statement um the police union released a statement against vaccination mandates for their own people so obviously they're not gonna <laughs> want to enforce a vaccination passport um so we'll see how well this is actually enforced. It really will come down to whether businesses are willing to enforce them. Um, so for everyone... Are they willing to lose lose money? Yeah, like like small business owners. People who are like, oh, the small business owners are the new vanguard of the proletariat. And they're so, you know, they're the only ones standing up against this stuff. And like, okay, let's see. Let's see you do it. Let's see you not enforce the vaccination yeah. passports. Come on, prude honests. Now's the time. <laughs> Yeah, like, why don't you, I don't understand, like, small business owners are always whining about all the stuff that's happened. Why don't you organize amongst yourselves and do something about it? Okay, why do you, why are you whining all the time? Just go do something Could about it. Could it be that the, the petty bourgeoisie is fundamentally incapable of organization and useless as a class? It could be that. <laughs> strong possibility it could be a factor but um alex uh, actually i i'm uh, I, i've been seeing uh, from well you the, <laughs> our whatsapp chat that you hello <laughs> that actually um my hero your hero hero of all worlds not just the two worlds of canada and the uk but all worlds boris 
is um, not actually protecting you from the vaccine pap- passports entirely in the UK, and they're coming to the UK as well. well. So, I mean, were you wrong about the UK? Yeah, here's here's the rub. <laughs> um, the The question of the vaccine passport thing here is, um, well, for a start, uh, Boris's um, essential deputy, this clueless balding mannequin from surrey called dominic raab who's our foreign secretary our foreign minister said in an interview back at the end of july he said basically like well we're talking the idea of uh vax passes up in order that we can drive up vaccination rates in the younger demographic and essentially he gave the game away there so what is happening here uh, to get serious for a moment, uh, the incredibly stupid and incredibly short-sighted <laughs> and incredibly unprincipled Scottish, and I'm using big fucking air quotes for the next word, government, <laughs> essentially, like, people who wouldn't be allowed to run, like, a fucking darts club, mostly, um, are bringing in some kind of vax pass for... Um, well, we're just over a month's time. So what it'll be, apparently, uh, the, the useless and useless comedic type figure, Nicola Sturgeon, <laughs> named after a fish and just as unappealing, is um, outlined that there would be for a, some kind of COVID vax pass for uh, outdoor and indoor events. Um, so like for nightclubs and apparently for strip clubs as well. So you have to show your Vax Pass to go watch a stripper now. God, the liberties. Um, Unseated indoor live events with more than 500 people, so like big gigs. Unseated outdoor live events with more than 4,000 people. And any event of any nature which has more than 10,000 people. Mm. This is fairly similar to the rules being brought in for the so-called NHS COVID pass in England. But what does it actually mean? Now, essentially, again, what the Scottish, uh, again, imagine the air quotes, <laughs> government is doing is they're, they're trying to, they're, again, this is mostly going to be targeting like uh, festivals um, and uh, events that are mostly going to be attended by the, you know, the, the 16 or 18 to 30 demographic, which yeah. is the uh, the largest portion of the population remains unvaccinated, and quite rightly so, because they don't need it um, by any stretch of the imagination, even if the thing was effective. See previous shows for more details. Because like the, the vaccination rates in Scotland and the UK are now very, very high. It's like overall, it's over 70%. Uh, but because like they've kept they've they've made this gigantic issue out of like everybody's got to have it everybody's got to have it so now there's like a bureaucratic imperative in these ridiculous bureaucracies to try and force the numbers as high as possible now the problems facing this so this these things are being floated as real however within the cabinet there's a disagreement over exactly how they're going to enforce this uh, there's also the problem that the um, the vaccination records that the NHS hold have been found to be increasingly inaccurate. So at least 700,000 people um, haven't been registered as having any vaccinations when they have had them or apparently have had them. The cards that they give people to um, record vaccinations are easily lost and easily copied yeah. as well. Yeah. 
Um, there's horrendous problems with the integration of the um, the NHS um, health records, um, so that a lot of it isn't recorded properly. There's also the um, the test and trace system here that they said was going to be world beating, um, was going to like help them track and trace the virus. That's been a complete unmitigated failure. Um, so much so that they're now laying people off the test and trace system because it just didn't work. Uh, all the businesses which have like the QR code on their tills you're supposed to scan, nobody scans it, nobody pays any attention to it. Yeah. So uh, with that in mind, um, on the, uh, the subject of the COVID pass itself, um, it exists certainly. Um, what If I was wrong about anything, I was wrong about the fact that I thought that this would die off very quickly. Um, this the the COVID narrative would be retired. Basically, I thought that with the departure of Trump, that it would kill the thing off in America, and it it largely has. Other than like even like the likes of AOC, much to the chagrin of the World Socialist website, even like AOC and the Squad are now encouraging kids to go back to school. So clearly, like U.S. capitalism is moving on, uh, despite all the various different sort of screeching maniacs in the public health bureaucracy and the unions now. Uh, here, the same—I mean, the the narrative and the associated bureaucratic imperatives proved to be much stronger than I anticipated. Hence, why we've got this. Um, I can't see it going anywhere on its own. What? It may lead to, and this is something that's that come up before, is there's been a push by various factions in the UK security establishment to introduce some form of national identification card. Thatcher tried it and got defeated. Blair tried it with the terrorism scare in the 2000s. Oh, well, if, well, if we ha unless we get a national ID card, he was saying um, we'll be drowning in suicide bombers. Um, he was defeated, ironically, by campaigns featuring Boris Johnson. Um, now, I think that if anything, what will happen is this will morph into another attempt to bring in national ID cards again. I think that's what this will, if it turns into anything, it'll turn into that with like vaccination records included on them digitally. And I think that will fail again mm. because it, the reason why it keeps failing is because I think that, um, what they'd like to do ideally, but they can't get away with this, is they'd like an ID card for, like, the working class. That would be their ideal thing. They would like to bring something in that just helped them with, like, labor discipline for the working class. Help them, like, um, because that's been the, the tendency over the last 30 years. Is more and more control exercised over working class people's lives outside of the workplace. More and more things that they're told they can't do. More and more restrictions placed on the freedom of working class people as individuals, um, largely related to essentially making sure that they can work for longer. So like, and also that they can shrink the size of um, the healthcare services. So that's why you've got all the big anti-smoking campaigns, all the anti-drinking anti campaigns, all the uh, supposedly the uh, public health campaigns around obesity, which is a problem. But the way that the capitalist class approaches it is like, well, we want people out of hospital and we want to make sure that they can function in a job until at least the age of 70. That's what all this fundamentally comes back to. So to conclude the thought, I think that the, the Vax Pass thing here is being used as, as Rob said, it's uh, basically to try and sign up people into getting the jab. 
what it may turn into is another attempt to bring back ID cards, which should also be opposed. Um, because, like, we don't want the British state to be able to extend its power over working-class people any further than it has already. But that's my assessment of things here. I think that the the the, the that's where that's where it'll go. Um, but what about Canada? Is this going to work, or is um, is it going to die if Justin Trudeau loses the election? Uh, hard to say. Uh... I mean, so the the jurisdictional divisions between the federal government and the provinces is quite strict under the Canadian Constitution. So, um, so what the federal, what the Justin Trudeau is promising, should he get reelected, is that he's going to implement interprovincial uh, vaccination passports. So I will be able to take a plane, for instance, to Ontario to Vancouver without showing proof of my vaccination. Um, or actually even take a train from uh, Ontario to Montreal uh, to see my family there. So I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see it falling through. Like they've already promised that they expect to have something ready in early fall. But documents leaked to the media show that I won't be ready until December at the earliest, like their scheme. Um, but I can definitely see this like happening. Um, I just don't think it's going to be enforced or enforceable so just like i have gone through this whole process with the hotel quarantines and the quarantine that they impose like yes it is a lot of fear-mongering i was as i've documented on this podcast i was visited by the police for instance but that's all it is like nothing actually happened i wasn't actually stopped from doing my trip i wasn't actually stopped from living my life once i returned from my trip and i nothing happened to me i didn't get any fines but I, I think, of course, like adding an extra layer of restriction and then an extra um, kind of legal, um, uh, a legal layer that enables those fines to be given out will result in some fines being given out to people. Um, so I'm going to actually be conservative. I, I, I think if Justin Trudeau does win, I think that he will at least try to implement this. It is completely unconstitutional. Like one of the... Actually, one of the only absolute rights we have in Canada is our ability to travel amongst provinces. Of course, that's because workers need freedom of movement to go between the jobs that they keep on losing and getting. Um, So I I just really don't see this actually lasting for a long time at all. Like, I really think this is something the courts will very quickly rule against because it, it very much does come against the interest of capital. And I just think the political class in Canada is... It's just so insulated and so stupid <laughs> that like they, they will try to implement something that just is not workable and, you know, probably kind of anti-business <laughs> even to big capital. So but we'll see. We'll see. Like I, I I'm actually like um, very surprised with the way things have gone in Australia, New Zealand and Canada with regards to COVID-19. It's been quite extreme. But I think. Um, well, I can't really speak to the Australian and New Zealand case, but I can speak to the fact that the restrictions in Canada are very surface level, like they're not broadly reinforced. Like the reason why people do suffer from them is because they themselves impose them on themselves out of fear. But if we all just stopped following the 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 guidelines, then they they wouldn't exist. Like we would it would stop existing, right? And, and like the fact is that it very much is kept together by small businesses and the pop and the population at large, deciding to follow these these things. Like I I routinely go into stores without a mask. 
I'm hardly ever questioned. When I am questioned, I will just say I have an exemption. That's usually the end of the conversation. There's been two occasions where the business um, gave me what Canada calls a reasonable accommodation. So um, you can't be discriminated against on the basis of any of the categories that we have under the Human Rights Code in Ontario. Um, And the exemption that I, I don't have to actually state what exemption I have. I just say that I have one. And so they will, they are forced to give you a reasonable accommodation. Um, So they'll like, for instance, like I've had like a store bring me to like a different section (laughs) and then get the thing, get the thing that I wanted. And then uh, I paid for it in that section. There was actually one occasion where the store said, I cannot serve you because I wasn't wearing a mask. And then I told him that he was uh, violating my human rights and that he had to provide me a reasonable accommodation or else he would be in violation of those rights and I could take him to the tribunal. And then he relented and I was able to go along my business. So you really just need to kind of stand up for yourself. Um, it, it, I, I, in Canada, people just don't do that very often. Um, it's really too bad. Um, but I, I think the vaccine, it seems to me the vax passports by and large will be quite a lot of that. If it is, in fact, I, I think if the feds are able to actually push through this interprovincial travel ban, um, that, would, that, that would be a bigger problem. But so far, they haven't been able to actually implement any of those kind of travel bans. Not really. Like, there's not really a legal... Well, wouldn't a travel ban be antithetical for, like, Canadian capitalist interests, given that they need a mobile labor force? Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm saying that I think the courts would actually rule very quickly against um, any such effort and nullify the order. Um, a lot of people have said that Trudeau is just bringing this up now because he wants to create a wedge issue for the uh, election. And I believe that. <laughs> I think he is trying. I think Justin Trudeau thinks that his anti-unvaccinated rhetoric is like super popular with everyone and everyone loves it. But guess what? He's been plummeting in the polls. I think if Trudeau loses, this thing will not happen. It's going to just be um, like forgotten about by the conservative government that seems to be heading towards a minority, at least maybe even a majority. Um, But even if Trudeau loses, I I think the chances of this actually being implemented is, yeah, I think I'm contradicting myself now, but I think it's less likely than likely that it will happen. But I, I've been well, wrong before well, about Canada. It's a different beast. <laughs> yeah, it turns out those uh, those Commonwealth nations that we uh, <laughs> graciously let have independence. You've just oh, you the the Aussies, the Kiwis. You've just done a really terrible job with it. I mean, we're just going to have to come back and take over. I, I think people when they're talking about these things and they're getting really anxious about it. Like, obviously, we should all be extremely angry and I have been and Alex has been about the re- infringements on our rights and civil liberties that have happened since the start of the pandemic yeah we've been pretty <laughs> we've been pretty clear on that we're not pro vax passports we just didn't think that the states had the capability to actually make them happen or the interest <laughs> or the interest I mean that was the thing and like I mean there is an interest in like this country in like the you know using obviously the state machine to aggressively discipline the labor force that's a clear interest um so like may i mean i'm prepared to admit that i maybe may have under, underestimated parts of the security state here that w- desperately want like another form of an id card but uh, at the moment this is mainly as layla's been saying this is mainly um psychological yeah, pressures being applied. i agree yeah. and this is true also of like the attempts at vaccine mandates um if you if you look at like the 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 threats that the federal government in the United States is making, like 
they're going to try and make like all U.S. armed forces personnel take the uh, take the vaccine. Um, sure, that'll make a lot of money for Pfizer. Um, but they're they're trying to like make the uh, all federal government employees take it. Um, and then you dive down into the language that actually they're using, and it's like strongly encourage. Yeah. Um, like it, it, what they what it is when it comes down to it is because they don't want to specifically legislate for this um because they don't they want to avoid actually having to go legally test this out so they're leaving themselves a way to retreat out of it mm-hmm. because if they did then it and it could get successfully challenged in the courts then they may well get knocked down um so what they're doing is they're doing it in ways that essentially put pressure they they they're doing it in ways that puts pressure on private employers that puts pressure on like public employers as well by making a lot of announcements and making it, and screaming a lot and getting hysterical in the media about yeah. it to like basically psyop people into doing it but they uh, they don't seem to be able to we be they don't seem to be willing to test this out through the legislative and through the court system as such I- uh, because it would fall down. I completely agree. Uh, and I, I think with the vaccination mandates from employers, that's quite different than a vax passport. Okay. One is being enforced by the state on uh, activities in, in public life, let's say. And the other one is an employer enforced mandate on employees. Like, I don't think people understand how oppressive the employer employee relationship actually is. Even in law, like when you read about what employers can actually make employees do, like you lose all your rights to privacy, basically. You Mm -hmm. lose any ability to control your day whatsoever. Um, Like your your speech rights are completely nullified, essentially, at work, unless you have a union of some some kind. So like you actually don't have the, 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 the... the 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 relationship by default is extremely oppressive. Is why that's why Alex and I are Marxists because we don't we we think that even before the pandemic, capitalism was extremely authoritarian and and oppressive. <laughs> well, yeah, the only time like you can ever hope to speak freely about your employer is in a union meeting, mm. because otherwise, like the ratting on people is very much encouraged in every employer I've worked in. Like these days, like the the employers will comb um, social media accounts looking for something to dismiss you with. Um, yeah, you lose your you lose all the rights that you think you have under like liberal constitutions. Just do not apply in the workplace. There, the employer's writ is absolute. Yes. Yes. And even if you've got a um, a union, then like sometimes the best they can do is like sue them after the event. After the fact. So, yeah. So. Yeah, this is the relationship is extremely authoritarian anyway. The um the the issue of like the employers mandating mandating vaccinations, that of course should be energetically opposed by all the unions because that's another heinous imposition by the employers. Um but I would say that the the big the issue here is the authority of the employers itself. So like you ha- the though the government may be unwilling to test its case out legally, like the employers will of course happily seize upon any and all justification for finding some reason to sack somebody or discipline somebody. So the unions, if they're capable of it, really need to step up to actually properly oppose this. And 
if some of the big unions were to successfully do so, uh, secure a unanimity in the workforce, like it'd be something that the employers would drop quite quickly. Even in really? even in non most workplaces are not unionized. Um, but even in those circumstances, the employer is very much depending on people just feeling pressured and not saying anything and just going through with it. Like even under regular contract law, like in Canada, for instance, if you have signed a work contract, that is the list of things the employer can get you to do and fire you for if you don't do them. And so if you... Well, do you have the same clause in Canada where, because we have this thing here uh, that's at the embedded in every work contract, which says, uh, carry out any and all duties to which the employer deems necessary. That's all where that's like a catch-all legal thing in every contract of employment I've ever had. It's like, basically, it's like yeah. saying, you are now legally bound to do whatever the fuck we tell well, you. Well, yes, but it has to be, in, Ca in Canadian law at least, it has to be reasonable, right? Which is the courts would, ha ah. would have to deem it, right? So, like, I, I think that don't, if your employer as is asking you to take this vaccine, don't just lie down and take it. Um, there's steps that you can take to, you know, politely challenge them on it. Um, and the thing is, like, if you and your coworkers are able to organize, even not even make a union, but if you are all able to organize with your coworkers and all of you guys say, all of you guys and gal gals say, well, we're not going to take the vaccine, we'd rather just quit, the employer will will um, relent, like, or provide alternative accommodations for people, like, say, work from home or something if you're not vaccinated. Because they don't all, they also have an interest in not having that happen. Like, people need to stand up for themselves. Like, they need to learn to stand up for themselves. And they have to learn to organize against the employer in this circumstance. Like, the state is not going to help you. You can't depend on the state not allowing no. the employer to do something. Like, for instance, m not allowing them to mandate vaccines. The state was never going to come through for you. The only protections that we have for workers is because workers for decades and decades literally died to get them okay and so this new infringement um or this new imposition by employers on employees i i think is horrendous and disgusting and i don't want to minimize it but it is part and partial of the relationship of wage laborers to capitalists like this is a part of it and so we're not going to be able to do anything about it unless the workers themselves, including yourself, like do something like you have to do research. You have to look at your options. And yeah, sometimes you will have to take a risk. And that's just not available for a lot of people because they have families, et cetera, et cetera. But like th it, this thing is going to go through like don't expect this your any notion of like bodily autonomy informed consent to come through for you in terms of the government doing something about it like they're not going to do anything about it they don't care they are very happy to have employers do anything to their employees like it only becomes an issue if an employee for instance like gets dismissed and then brings the the, the case to to the labor court and the arbitrator at that point finds that that demand was unreasonable and then says it was a wrongful dis dismissal. So and, and so thereby setting a precedent. Like that's how it would happen through the courts. Okay. Like some judge isn't going to just like bring this up and say, yeah, this is actually not. It's not constitutional or whatever. Like you first, someone first needs to go and challenge the employer, get fired, and then bring that employer to the courts, and then we can set a precedent, right? So that first that first step needs to be like you first need to challenge it okay and i it's unfortunate like people are so disorganized like union density is so low like it's so low and the union some of the unions here in canada have come out in favor of the mandates like the 
I think it's one of the largest unions in Canada, the union of petty bureaucrats that unionizes the federal employees were like, yeah, <laughs> sounds, sounds great. But a lot of unions haven't. And, um, you know, like, uh, I, I think oftentimes just being a little, you know, kind of, even if you can't organize, you're in some kind of retarded, like PMC workplace, um, you just flexing your muscles a bit, just being like, oh, well, um, you're asking me to take this vaccine. Um, will you be uh, will you be responsible for any of the any uh, disabilities that I might get as a result of it? Like, just be polite. Just just yeah. send a letter. Just be like, oh, you're doing this. OK, C- can I ask you like other have you considered any alternative arrangements? Like this wasn't part of my original work contract. Does this, does this fit in? Like, you know, like I-, I think people just need to be a little bit more assertive um, and just like. I don't want to, I don't want to, I, I just lost my job personally, not because of COVID, <laughs> just making that clear. It wasn't, I was downsized, but, um, if my employer had imposed a vaccine mandate, um, I personally would have at least taken a few steps to try to push back against it. Um, yeah, like, and I, you know, and may, I, I would, I would, I have other options, I guess, in my life and various, for various reasons, but, like if no one stands up for these things, then they will not be protected. Like that's the problem. And so it's, yeah. it really is just um, it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. In this country, yeah. like um, the, you, the all you need to do to like literally derail an initiative from the management sometimes is ask one very basic question. And because they're just, um, in most employers are so unused to being challenged in any way. So if you were to ask them, like if if you mandate this vaccine and I am um, rendered um, ill in some way or like I have to take time off work or um, it affects me maybe medium to long term, are you prepared to accept the liability for that? Yeah. And because that that's something that they won't have considered even they won't have considered employers. It. And I know because like my, my job for a long time was dealing with human resources yeah. departments. Yeah. People who work in human resources departments are all missing at least one chromosome. <laughs> um, they're all thick as pig shit. They're selected because they're thick as pig yeah. shit. Um, they're selected because they're like weak, spineless, worst people you could possibly imagine. And they're commanded by people who are even worse. But they're not used to being challenged in any exactly. way. Exactly. So if you put, you simply and politely ask them, are you, is you as the employer prepared to accept liabilities here? Most of them will not know what the hell to say um and also then if they start randomly like sacking people who ask any questions that that is going to create a problem for yeah them. so this gets they get away with this because this is the operation of you know ideology at, at its purest which is just uh capital's rule in the workplace is never questioned yep. their petty functionaries are never questioned and as soon as they are in an organized fashion you'll see pe- people get confidence as soon as somebody raises a question um, and the, the, it seems to throw the management representatives. People gain confidence through these things very quickly. So ask the basic question and see what happens. Just be polite. Just be write a letter. Be like, I'm. I'm so grateful that you're so concerned with this health and safety of uh, <laughs> of the employees at this workplace. Um, I'm just wondering why uh, it's necessary to violate confidentiality of employees' private medical information um, by requiring disclo- disclosure of vaccination status and what specific legal basis is for doing so. Like, you know, ask them about whether they're, like Alex is saying, whether they are assuming liability for any adverse reactions. 
And, you know, have they considered other options to maintain the health and safety of their workplace? Like, have they considered, for instance, like having their employees take antigen tests so that they can see if they already have natural immunity or perhaps allowing those who do not have vaccines to work from home? And, you know, a, a lot of the times employers are just really they're not that smart. Capitalists are not smart. They're not. They're stupid. Like they they and they're they're not that like brave either. Like if they can get away with something and like just to enable them to continue to make profits, they they will. Like if you can kind of show them that this uh, mandate will render an inconvenience to them in terms of having to potentially go through a legal battle, in terms of having potentially to like um, be uh, responsible for like, you know, thousands of dollars or millions of dollars or whatever in damages, like they're going to want to, they're going to like, you know, think twice. They just, the problem is that employers, capitalists are only right now, especially they only get feedback from their peers, from capitalists and petty bourgeois people. And so they probably do believe really that this vaccine is necessary to maintain business or whatever. But if they just get a little bit of pushback, a little bit of a different view, you know, like it will make them think twice. And like, I, I actually think this will be far more people just doing this very simple step of just like writing a letter uh, an employee just writing a letter, like outlining the potential risks to them, not just the benefits of forcing their um, employees to take a vaccine, but the risks of them having to do that. It'll make them think twice. And that might be enough. So like, I don't know. It's tough. Like, it's tough. If we had more unions, like this wouldn't be a problem even. Like this would be a pretty basic thing to solve. But the unions are so stupid and fucking useless. And like, ugh, like, it's just like people don't don't even remember a time when there was a good workplace organization like they can't even remember that anymore like a time where workers are strong well i can't remember it because <laughs> i was uh i was barely even born when it disappeared Ex- yeah. so um mm. nobody can remember it if you're like below the age of 50 um so i think that i think that brings us to uh, the close of the uh, the opening part of this particular show doesn't it unless we've got anything more to add in conclusion uh, i would say um, we might have underestimated some certain things, but I think overall, uh, our overall judgment will be c- only confirmed as time goes okay, on. Okay, so the fact of the matter is that in most places, like in the United States, there is no vaccine passports anywhere except for allegedly in New York State and New York City. Um, I I would love to see if that's working out well. I imagine it's not working out great because the state level one didn't really work out well. But otherwise, um, overall... In the entire world, there's been a trend towards loosening the restrictions and ending this pandemic. Yes, it's been uneven. I think the step towards vax passports in the UK and Canada is a step back. But overall, in six months time, this will have been like the restrictions will have been further loosened even more. Like I think most places will not be going under renewed lockdowns, for instance, like that. The time for lockdowns is over. I don't think it's going to happen again, at least not on the basis of COVID-19 and like so the idea hey justin trudeau's getting a climate <laughs> lockdown ready he says he's learned something yeah well i canada's a dumb retarded place so like i i wouldn't say canada's representative i we'll see we'll see if fucking justin trudeau can even win this election okay <laughs> stay <laughs> yeah. tuned for red star radio coverage of the canadian election yeah um it'll be the 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 our canadian correspondent who of course is layla um will be reporting in from the result the the from the counting yeah so far he can't even do 
uh, a rally without getting horribly heckled by brave Canadian men and women who are going and swearing at him. (laughs) Dare we say Canadian patriots. Canadian patriots who are standing up for their civil liberties and rights. God bless them. I'm going to go heckle him and he's in my uh, vicinity. But um, yeah, like I I, I think it's um, the the overall we're going to be seeing as we've been seeing a trend towards uh, loosening of these things like and so people who are who are coming down on us their initial idea really was that like this was the new normal quote unquote that the lockdowns would last forever that we're entering a new hygiene fascism and that we would never ever go back to the way things were for i definitely agree that in under capitalism at a time of low-class struggle there is an acceleration of trends that happened under the pandemic so, for instance, there will be there will be an ex- there has been an acceleration in the uh, rate of exploitation of workers, and you're seeing this in the um, yeah. productivity data. For instance, productivity has gone up, and that wasn't because of t- investment in technologies mainly. Um, it was because of uh, people being made afraid to lose their job, probably, and for instance, and working harder as a result. So that has happened. Um, and of course, under capitalism, yes, like your civil liberties and rights, your civil liberties and rights were never assured anyways. They could be taken away at any time. And that's what this pandemic showed us. But overall, there will there there are limits to how much capitalists can do this, partially because capitalism itself puts limits like on, on how much un- freedom it can take away. Like it can't take away, as I've said multiple times, your ability to buy what you want and also your ability to leave your job and take a new one. Like that is something capitalists can't take away. So freedom of movement, essentially, and um, freedom of, I guess, consumer choices. Um, And secondly, like there are real floors, like the workers of the past didn't die for nothing. Like they didn't struggle for decades and get maimed and killed literally for nothing. Like there are limits right now. Like, for instance, I can very safely say that no one in Canada or the UK or USA will have police come to their door to grab the unvaccinated and like forcibly put a vaccine in them. That won't happen writ large. Like, <laughs> and even the vaccine, the vaccine passports that are coming in are allegedly coming into play in Canada will not include any basic services. So people who are saying that, oh, well, we're going to need a vaccine passport even to go to the grocery store. That's not happened. And it won't happen. There are real limits. And to, to say, to like pretend that we're in this new fascism or something like that is demoralizing and it's fear-mongering and it plays into the hands of the capitalists because part of the reason why this stuff works is because people are made to be afraid and when you when the reason why i've been calling people hysterical about um fear-mongering about these vax passports is because i don't think people should be afraid they have nothing to fear in regards to these retarded politicians and i've played this out in my own life so has alex Nothing has happened to us. Yeah. It's f- just fear. There's, um, yeah. And the reason why I don't fear the uh, the British state, uh, the British state's uh, civil service, is because I used to work in it, <laughs> um, partly. But also, like, also, like, uh, Layla is completely correct in that the, the 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 all the enforcement here in Britain and the United States. I mean, I know like Australia, they're saying it's like there's, there's, it's gone even more retarded with like, you know, the deployment of the military in the streets and stuff like that. Um, but in this, in our case here, like the, the restrictions are paper thin. It's just based on fear mongering. And like the fact that the government admitted it just shows how fucking stupid they are. At least pretend that your vaccine passport's real Dominic Raab. Um, because that's all that fundamentally that they've got. It's like 
massive PR campaigns, um, operation of ideology, social pressure, um, pressure through so the uh, pressure through the ruling class onto the petty bourgeoisie. Um, they try and go down the route of like making the making like legal compulsion here. They're going to be in a whole lot of trouble, and also they don't they don't want this. Um, they don't really don't, they really don't want like a uh, the kind of massively state controlled future that many people think we are already in. I will emphasize again that the there has been and will continue to be the capitalist class will continue to try and exercise more control over the the labor force to exercise labor discipline over them to make people work harder work for longer hours retire later all that kind of stuff but again now even that has real limits and i would say that like saying that we're in fascism right now is completely misguided. It's as misguided as when, like the people, the idiots in the DSA say it, because what we're dealing with now is essentially um, state monopoly capitalism in a period of uh, vicious reaction, and it's been a period of vicious reaction for many, many years. And the way to uh, and but what we actually need to do is encourage collective working class organization and to actually fight back against it. And you will start to see just how brittle and hollow their rule actually is. Yeah, This isn't like the a smooth, efficient totalitarian state by any means. It's one that only operates because we've got an extremely low level of class struggle. So let's address that point. Yeah. Not running around screaming about the fact that we're all under tyranny already. Um, well, then, okay, then, well, then give up and go home. The thing is... Like, if that's your if that's your point of view, give up, go home. Maybe put maybe put a cyanide capsule up your nose or something. But the fact is, we are only in this position because like a decade, a, a like a decayed and rotting uh, ruling class can carry on for a long time as long as they remain unchallenged. Yes, so the yes, point is to challenge yes. them. Yes, and I I think also like people need to realize like I think um, as I've said multiple times like I think the the lockdowns were so shocking to people. Um, it, well, I mean, they're shocking for a lot of reasons, but why these vac- vaccination mandates and um, like vax passports are part of the reason why they're so shocking is because people, most people actually don't have a great view, like the people who are talking about this, who are getting really like, you know, screamy about it. And I, I, know, I think we should definitely oppose them. Just I've, we should oppose the lockdowns, just as we oppose the mask mandates. And I have. Like in my own life, in my own little way, I have. But the reason why I think I, for instance, was so affronted about all this stuff is because I've worked generally my whole life in office jobs where I could spend like half of my day or more on like Twitter, reading the news, whatever. And like the boss didn't really exert all that much control relative to um, working class jobs over my life. But working people in the factory, in like the hospital and whatever, you the oppression is much more direct and much more like physically like uh it, it, it physically affects you much more directly like amazon workers for instance like feel the burn of like in their muscles in their bones of the boss working you harder and harder every single day okay that's not the case for a lot of office workers we live pretty coddled lives and so we didn't really know how bad capitalism actually was by default 
Like maybe theoretically I had that understanding, but I didn't know like how little freedom actually we have under capitalism. We don't have, the baseline isn't good to begin with. And so I think to say that we've now entered fascism, fascism is kind of not, it's not um, giving capitalism its due. Like it's making capitalism seem like it's a lot better than it actually is. But it's not. It's a horrible, horrible system, viciously oppressive. And any rights that we've been enjoying, especially in like the office class of workers and hired the petty bourgeoisie, for instance, although they may not understand this, it was because of sacrifices by the work, the organized working classes. And like, unfortunately, they've been the first ones to lose them. And the petty bourgeoisie is kind of like the last ones to lose them. Um and um, but like the, if we're going to win them back, it's going to be from the bottom again as well. Like the working classes will have to reorganize themselves and fight back. And like so it's not I don't think for people who are, um, you know, intelligentsia or like who like spend their day just like thinking about stuff and reading about stuff. It's not your place to be hysterical and to be scared and all that stuff. Like you're not on the front lines here. Trust me. Like you are very like very privileged actually and so your role is to give the best like you know leveled analysis that you can and you know yeah like we got it wrong I guess to some extent about the vax passports but like to like scream about how this is like the new advice of some kind of fascism and that like people can't do anything and like this is it we're fucked or we're, we're you know it's like it's just it's it, it's not helping and it's not helping like like, I mean, if any workers are listening to this, it's not going to help them, like, fight back because they're already so alienated and atomized. And if you're now telling them they have to face, like, this new fascistic state, um, that's not helpful. But the reality is the states are actually pretty full of staffed with very dumb people. And actually, the whole thing is quite fragile, kept together with very little, as Alex is saying. It's paper thin. And so if they just face a little bit of resistance, I think the whole thing falls apart quite quickly like you really just need to but like they need to make themselves seem like they're big and strong and they're gonna fine you with like a million bucks if you like leave your house when you're under quarantine quote unquote um but they won't most cases they won't so i think with these vax passports like it you know in canada for instance like there are still i think major structural barriers for the feds to actually implement this like they need to somehow figure out how to integrate the data from the vaccine, um, from the vaccine uh, databases from all the provinces. And so far, I think Alberta and Saskatchewan have refused to give their data to them. I think Ontario still is holding back the biggest province. So, you know, there's still real barriers. So I wouldn't freak out just yet. Um, If Trudeau loses, I think it makes it even more unlikely this whole thing will come into play. But yeah, like being afraid is not your role, I think, most of the time. Like you need to be strong and determined and you need to have an accurate view of what the state is. And we, I'm sorry, the Canadian state is not fascistic. Justin Trudeau isn't Mussolini. He's a retard. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, Mussolini, Mussolini was way more efficient. <laughs> Mussolini got trains running on time and drained a, and dra- and drained a swamp. I mean, what, what's Justin Trudeau done? 
Justin Trudeau, I don't even know what he spends his day doing, like like calling snap elections because he really thinks he can just waltz right in here using the the shortest uh, political federal political campaign in history and just snag a majority because of course everyone just loves because, him because he's given you the he's given you the she covery yeah he's giving us the the woe mandate for the uh for the vaccination passports to end this she demic <laughs> I don't know. Is associating the is associating COVID with female dumb really going to help? Um, I I think he thinks it helps. Maybe it's a mandemic. <laughs> yeah, That's true. Like it depends what the population feels about it. I just think these people are over. Yeah, I honestly got- think at this point, with the vax passes in Canada and probably in the UK, probably more so in the UK. Correct me if I'm wrong, Alex. I I really think the bourgeoisie here is overplaying their hand. I don't think that the proletariat in the UK will. Uh, I mean, they hardly followed any of the rules, but <laughs> I don't well, think the, they the rules this got one. broken like fairly instantaneously. I mean, and also let's 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 keep reminding everybody that the millions upon millions of working class people never stopped working in last year. And if anything, as you were saying, um, all the regulations did was just manage to increase the rate of exploitation. Yeah. More. So that's the real thing to keep an if eye you're on. You're going to stop. Not the. Uh, yeah. Not the uh, not the dancing and the posturing of the likes of the, you know Justin Trudeau or the uh, the non entities in the British cabinet. Yeah, um, yeah if you're going to stop like the a task, uh, the, sorry, go ahead, sorry, go ahead. The, uh, I was going to say the the task is to work out how to actually rebuild um, a serious uh, working class challenge to the system. That's that's the problem to work on. Um, Anything else is just a, uh, anything else is uh, a useless political formulation. Um, but I would say this also that the um, we've seen like the entire um, left continue to disgrace themselves uh, about this, including like um, including like the World Socialist website, various other you know allegedly Marxist organizations, and a lot of this all comes from the tremendous rot that set in after World War Two with the you know the complete um this debasement of the marxist view of the state by uh those in the advanced capitalist nations the marxists in the advanced capitalist nations who are still making the mistake that the um the state is somehow a decommodifier um and somehow still that state action equals anti-market equals good that's also been disastrous and needs to be critiqued and destroyed but Again, all of this is about a question of class power and the fact that the working class has had its power uh, destroyed over or eroded over many years. And the problem is how to how to actually rebuild that and or build it in a different way and build revolutionary parties that can actually um, push and punish the bourgeoisie for its many crimes. Those are the real problems. Yeah. I mean, I, I think overall, though, I think things are going to get back to normal. Um, and they have been. Like, the United States has been completely... Well, they open. are here, basically. Yeah. Like, they have, yeah. like, full houses at sporting events and have had for months now. Yeah. Um, and it's that's only going to... Yeah, it's only going to continue. I mean, basically, like, again, to reemphasize, like, my underestimation was just how much... Um, just how much energy like the hysteria would have within the state machine um, itself and within the media media and political class. But like the economic imperatives are winning out here. Yeah. Yeah. Like you just imagine trying to stop some British workers from going to the pub after work, and, like getting them to show their vaccine well, passport. The, like, oi! 
Well, it's again like if it, if it'll be anything, it'll be just like a tick box exercise with like everybody who comes into like a Weatherspoons or something will be asked to say by buying this drink, I certify I've had my vaccine or something like that. It'll if it, even if it's that, yeah. but. I think we've, yeah, we've, yeah. we've dwelt long enough on the uh, on the on the questions triggered by um, demands on Twitter. <laughs> that brings us to the end of this part of the discussion. We'll be releasing the next part of this episode next week, where we'll be covering the issue of the Food and Drug Administration in the United States, its capture and control by the pharmaceutical industry, and how this plays into the wider dynamic of state monopoly capitalism in the United States and what this can tell us not only about the drug industry but about how state monopoly capitalism actually operates in this era of modern imperialism. We hope you'll join us for that.